So, what's this seventh layer in the title about? I'm going out on a limb here. I've been involved in the world of information technology since the early 80s, before it was called information technology. From here on out, based upon my view of the layers I've seen over the past four decades, cryptocurrency is, in my view, the seventh layer. Cryptocurrency is everything from a total unknown, a mystery, a misunderstanding, an evolution, to the biggest threat to decades of financial order, to what some are calling, the perfect, the most perfect money we've ever had. It's the mother of all bubbles and it's also the biggest bubble in human history. Until very recently, close to 25% of my liquid net worth was in Bitcoin, 25%. Shame on you. That's nuts. Bitcoin is the catalyst for the largest financial revolution the world will ever see. Or, it's the most dangerous overhyped bubble in the history of modern finance. We bring you the evolution of Bitcoin. This seventh layer is still somewhat undefined, a work in progress. Many who believe themselves qualified to pass judgment on cryptocurrency don't understand one important thing. Bitcoin is a beta project. What does that mean? It means that the current version, released on May 2, 2021, is 0.21.1. In the world of technology, any version number that is earlier than 1.0, is a project that is incomplete. Only when Bitcoin reaches version 1.0 will it be a completed product. There have been 36 new versions and releases of Bitcoin since September of 2014. Critics? Why are you criticizing a prototype? How did we get to? Layer 7. Well, first we had to have, Layer 6, secure mobile devices and smartphones, Layer 5, the internet, Layer 4, email, local area, metropolitan, and, large area networks, Layer 3, personal computers, Layer 2, mini computers and private networks, Layer 1. Mainframe computers using public networks. Every layer after layer 1 needed all of the previous layers before they could evolve. Cryptocurrency is no different, in that it requires every one of the previous 6 layers before it, or, it would not exist either. There will be a layer 8 at some point, and, someone, somewhere, already knows what it will be. How sound are the economics of Bitcoin? Is stature manipulating the Bitcoin market? Will the crypto bull market continue into, 2022? Pick your side in this coin. Where do we start? Now, I just told people I wanted app design. I want to pay with Bitcoin. I want to give you Bitcoin, and you give me pizza. Will be the first ever meal that's sitting in your belly provided by Layer 7? There's a belief system, if you like, that's been built around Bitcoin, rather than of the technology. I do have some criticism of the technology itself, but those are minor compared to this kind of hard money economics that's being built around it, which to me, doesn't make a great deal of sense, and, I'd like to explain why, as I spend my life involved in finance and money and economics, monetary economics, and I think in all the emphasis upon story value on so-called, hodling, known as holding on for dear life, HODL, for the long term, about Bitcoin as an asset, as a means of saving. I think what tends to get lost in all of that is, what the purpose of money is. And there's a fundamental conflict between treating something as a long-term store of value, an asset, and treating something as a means of exchange, because the incentive structure around a long-term store of value that you expect to appreciate over that time does not work for a medium of exchange. That disincentivizes spending, buying and selling, the trade, and, all else that represent the whole basis of how an economy works, and, incentivizes what we might term hoarding, hanging onto assets, and not moving goods and services around the economy. And I don't see how that's a recipe for prosperity in the longer term. So that's the fundamental conflict that I see at the heart of the hard money economics of Bitcoin. 
Lately the narrative of Bitcoin as a means of exchange has taken a back seat, compared to the one as a store of value. But I guess there are still people counting on Bitcoin in the future, being a valuable means of exchange too. But I would like to know what others think about it. I'm trying to stay completely neutral in space. I'm not a strategist on someone's payroll. My goal is to get markets right, but I'm more of a markets person. One of the things about articles I like endorsing is that, I view Bitcoin as a collectible, a store of value, a reserve asset. I don't view it as money. And, as one of my favorite articles I just read recently, was titled Satoshi Nakamoto's Mistake. Bitcoins are collectible, not cash, because what I think what's been created here, something that has declining supply and increasing demand. But, you can exchange it much easier than you can virtually any store of value in the history of mankind like gold, on a universal basis. 24-7 price discovery. All that kind of stuff that's never existed in history, and, to me, that's part of the reason I think as a strategist, I don't really like to focus on. Is it great, or, not great? Just basically, this is where the price is going, and, that's why, my bottom line outlook, I see this asset being adopted as a store of value, a reserve asset by most of the increasing number of institutions on the planet, and I don't view it as money, at least not yet. It's something I'm going to be using day to day to buy a cup of coffee. You can do that and the point is, if you want to liquidate it and exchange it, it's readily and easily available 24-7. And to me that's what Bitcoin solves, that type of problem in history, where you can store some value, transport it easily, transacting easily, and, across borders, across countries, and, over time. So do you have any criticism towards Bitcoin as a potential store of value? I do, a bit because I think that what's kind of built into Bitcoin is long-running price stability. I know it has price volatility. I know there is this view that, with greater market penetration, volatility would decline, but that's really a bit of a punt on demand, because with a fixed rate of increase of supply, let's put it that way for the next 120 years, having at arbitrary intervals, the only thing that can adjust to changes in demand is price, so you're going to see volatility in Bitcoin price ongoing, and, continually, forever. Just as you actually do with inflation rates under a gold standard, it's a similar kind of problem that it's the only thing that can adjust its price for a long term for a store of value. It depends on how long you want to hold it. If you want to hold it for the very long term, then short term, or even medium term, volatility potentially isn't a problem. But, that's not the only form of soaring value. And, you know, if people need to liquidate for some savings, for personal reasons, just at a time when Bitcoin is on one of its downward turns, then, they potentially could lose a lot of money. So I think we need to be clear about in what ways Bitcoin is a store of value. What sort of store of value it is, maybe a very long term, but not really a short, or, medium term one, because the price volatility first of all, which has followed earlier, and, because of the simpler rules of markets. You have supply and demand. Both are uncertain. That's what creates volatility. If you have a certain supply, and, in this case, you most certainly do, then, you have a certain supply schedule. That means 50% of that input for volatility is already gone, so by real simple rules, economics and markets, volatility has to decline. So let me expand a bit on everything. What I see in markets is an estimate, of a balance between supply and demand, with Bitcoin. I don't have to guess very much. I know that supplies are fixed. Only thing I have to worry about is demand, so by nature, by laws of economics, volatility and Bitcoin should drop and continue to decline. I think what people might be missing is that it's not yet a store of value, yet, 
it's getting there, but only because demand is still way too small. So I simply look at annualized volatility, 260-day volatility. If you do a simple regression on 260-day volatility for Bitcoin for the last 10 years, it's going to match gold in 2024, which is when the halving will be at the point, and, probably the price will be much higher. So number 1, when supply and demand meet, volatility must decline, versus most other assets, partly because it's much easier to measure only demand better. And, number 2, it's a new asset. It's nowhere near where that future robustness will be. It doesn't have a lot of action in futures, not a lot of players, not a lot of people knocking around, creating the offers, yet, that you do have in big, robust, mature and established markets, but it's getting there. So that to me is a key thing to remember about supply demand and volatility. It's just a simple fact of economics and I point out the actual trend in volatility has been declining, and, the key point also is the key thing that really got me bullish. In 2020 was when the 260-day volatility on Bitcoin declined to the lowest ever versus the stock market, S&P 500 versus gold, and, versus crude oil. So it's all relative factor. I mean we had a massive rise last year, and that was the biggest correction in the stock market since 1933. Yet about that, Bitcoin volatility declined, so it passed the test again. So I like to point that out now, what's the key thing about scarcity and liquidity? That's the key thing that I think people need to be pointed out about Bitcoin. Why is it so unique? It's scarce by measure of the definition, declining supply via code, so it's making it scarce, but it's also liquid, which is why it's so attractive, which is why the whole world of institutions are starting to jump into the space and realizing that this has never existed before. The key risk, then, is the technology which no one can really predict. So I can see there is a stacked disagreement between views. So we all know that there are some very harsh Bitcoin critics who are convinced that Bitcoin will eventually fail and its value will go to zero, so, what do you think? Can Bitcoin go to zero? I did not think that its price would crash to zero. I found in a piece I saw in another publication that, because of Bitcoin's price, ultimately, it's held up by faith by belief, and there is a strong core of communities, and we do have to thank the so-called Bitcoin maximalists for this, whose belief is strong enough, I think to maintain a floor under Bitcoin's price, which is far above zero. I don't know where it is exactly, but it's far above zero, and I think we've seen that with every previous crash, that it has not gone to zero, because at the bottom of the pile, there's always been some people who will hang on to it. This is where we hold them. Can I expand on that? There is one thing that's impressed me. I might not have been completely sold all at once. Hardly anyone was, or, should be. I was still just testing the water with Bitcoin about six or seven years ago, when I heard about it, and, when I first bumped it against the price of gold. But, every day that goes by, and you look, I look at coinmarketcamp.com and I see all these coins. There's 8,000 of them now, over a trillion and a half in total market cap, whatever that means these days, and we're still trying to get a better grip on that. Maybe as a fraction of $360 trillion of global assets, by one estimate, or, the four quadrillion, which includes derivatives, by another estimate. Crypto is still just a tiny fraction. Let's make that crystal clear. Most of them to me are just completely bogus. I get that, but they hold their value. Why? I don't know but they're holding their values, things like Dogecoin, there's just so many of these bogus things that are holding their values. So the space is very comparable. Bitcoin and others, are unique and different. It's no one else's project, it's no one else's liability, but I keep noticing that I've seen this happen. And, 
One thing I want to bring into this conversation is this concept of crypto savings. Now, I have Generation X sons, and their first crypto dabblings taught them a thing or two. The reputation as the best performing asset class of the past decade doesn't need any more time to sink in. That's already written in stone. Now it's close $1.5 trillion, but millennials a lot of millennials who know a little bit about the space when they hear about things like value stocks, they say, excuse me, but I'm getting more out of this than I'm getting out of anything else. Why would I consider that? Yes, there's risks. Life is about risks. But, money is always flowing to what's treated best, and, every day these things don't fail. It keeps going that way. I have moderate amounts in these accounts, just because I need to learn my way along, and, take advantages of unique, long-term opportunities. It's being said that the only threats that seem to Bitcoin at this point might be a technological glitch or something similar to an off-to-a-risk-off environment, like over-regulation, like the one we saw at the beginning of 2020. So these, according to some, are the other things that could prevent Bitcoin from continuing its rise. Do I see any other threats apart from these two that could prevent Bitcoin going up in 2021? I'm personally of the opinion that, while we have the environment that we do while the pandemic abates, while we continue to have governments and central banks pouring money into the financial system, everything's going to go up, including cryptocurrencies. So the risk I see actually comes from things like Tether, wherever we think that goes, and, also the excessive type of leverage that we're seeing in external things like that, actually because those things can end very badly, and when they do, you tend to get a crash in the underlying assets. So the question is whether we're building up the kind of uncertainties that we had in the housing market in 2008. Really, a lot of people are concerned that the Bitcoin market could be manipulated, and there are a lot of allegations around saying that actual Tether, the main stable coin, could be like, behind a sort of fraudulent scheme, that's aimed at pumping artificially the price of Bitcoin. Let's first of all, look at the facts, Tether has been existing on the back of Bitcoin, Bitcoin was first, it's the first blockchain cryptocurrency. Tether, right now, is number 3 listed on CoinMarketCap.com, it's about 63 billion. The significance is that it's a small fraction of the nearly 650 billion value of Bitcoin, so the fact that Tether might be manipulating the price of Bitcoin does not make sense. In our next podcast. We'll have some insights and reactions from the recent Bitcoin conference that was held June 4th and 5th, in Miami. The outcome of that conference is probably a little different than what most people were expecting. After all, what is a dolphin fin dog doing lodged up in a tree? That was one person's view anyway, of a different, major cryptocurrency product. So be sure to catch us next time. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to smash the like button, and, subscribe to our channel. Until next time. Let's stay busy. Disclaimer, Reggie and Royal's analysis and insights are based upon data gathered by it from various sources believed to be reliable, complete and accurate. However, no guarantee is made by Reggie and Royal, or, Vision Associates LLC as to the reliability, completeness and accuracy of the information so analyzed. Reggie and Royal is in the business of gathering information analyzing it and disseminating the analysis for informational and educational purposes only. Reggie and Royal attempts to analyze trends, not make recommendations. All statements and expressions are the opinion of Reggie and Royal and are not meant to be investment advice or solicitation or recommendation to establish market positions. Our opinions are subject to change without notice.
Reggie and Royal strongly advises readers to conduct thorough research relevant to decisions and verify facts from various independent sources. Copyright 2021 Vision Associates LLC. All rights reserved.